Welcome to the interview chair. My name is Jimmy Casas and I am your host. Are you an educator who is currently feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, or wondering if you can continue to do this work? Visualize yourself back in the interview chair. You are genuine, sincere, and full of passion. You convinced the group of people that you were the best person for the job and you believed it. That is the real you. Thank you for joining me as I take you back to the interview chair to remind you of why you wanted to become an educator. Welcome to episode 32 of the interview chair, Own Your Morale. Hey, this is just a reminder, I'm going to be doing a two-day workshop on October 24th and 25th in Chicago on hiring. You know that my passion is always talking about leadership and culture, so how can we impact that culture during the hiring process? So just imagine for a moment you're going to bring in three candidates into an interview. Two of them do not get the job. My question is this. What are the two who didn't get the job saying about their experience during that interview and hiring process? That's how I want you to think about it. And more importantly, how can we influence our current culture during that hiring practice? So these are the things that I'm going to be talking about in Chicago over those two days. I'm going to be walking you through and helping you develop some effective process for not only posting positions, utilizing interview screeners, developing an interview structure, selecting interview team members, how to formulate interview questions effectively, how to select that candidate, post-interview communication, and how do we onboard these employees, and more importantly, how do we retain them. So remember, the early bird registration ends September 1st, so go to jimmycasas.com and get registered today. Bring your team. Let's have a great time in Chicago for a couple days, and let's impact the cultures of our organizations to greatness, my friends. All right, let's get back to today's episode, Own Your Morale. Look. I was working in a district last spring and observing a meeting when a department chair began to share his frustrations with his team regarding the decision that had been made by the administration. And he shared openly that he had not been consulted about the decision, and had he been asked, he would have shared why he thought the decision was not in the best interest of staff. He then went on to share a few other examples where decisions had been made without his input. And you guessed it, it didn't take long for other team members to pile on with additional examples of decisions administration had made without their input. As I sat there, I wondered about the experiences these individuals had encountered over their careers that would have caused them to share such things openly with each other in my presence. Having spent the last two years working in this school, they knew me well and actually had invited me to attend their meeting earlier in the year. Now, perhaps they felt comfortable enough to share their honest thoughts in front of me, or perhaps they just trusted me. But in that moment, I felt bad for them. But I also felt bad for the administration. It was a scene I have witnessed hundreds of times in my role as a leadership coach working in schools. Now, place yourself back in the interview chair and reflect on how you would respond to this question. The administration makes a decision that you don't agree with but you are expected to implement. Walk us through the steps you would take on how you would manage that conversation with your team. Now, I find it hard to believe that anyone would state that they would go back to their team and complain to them about the decision and then take turns piling on complaining about all the other decisions that the administration had made. 
yeah, I can pretty much state with confidence that no way that happened in your interview. But now examine the behaviors of some individuals today, and we know that does happen. Listen, I'm not here to be critical or beat you up, but rather to tell you it's okay, to tell you I got you, to wrap my arms around you because I truly believe to the very fiber of my being that no one wants to act this way. Not you, not me, not our teachers, not our administration. But the complexities of this work we do will push us to the brink on certain days and will not only make us question whether we can keep doing this work, but like it did to me, well, it can turn us into someone we never wanted to become. And just like that, our morale can tank. And we find ourselves complaining about anything and everything. And not only at work, my friends, but at home as well. For years, school leaders have reported that faculty and staff tell them they are unhappy in the workplace. And for years, administrators have responded to those concerns in various ways with limited success. Many have tried to get a true measure of this perception and its causes by conducting building-wide or district-wide culture surveys. The hope is that by collecting feedback, schools will be able to determine the contributing factors to morale issues so that the appropriate action plans can be put into place to address any concerns. Districts may even use a third-party vendor to conduct a survey in the hope of getting honest feedback. Eventually, the results of those surveys are shared with all employees and everyone sees the baseline measurement of employee satisfaction and engagement level. And sometimes the results can be deeply concerning, indicating that staff members are feeling disengaged, uninspired, and dissatisfied. Now, in a previous episode, you have heard me talk about anonymous surveys and how I believe those are culture killers. And you can check that out in the episode log. But today, I'm not here to talk about the anonymous surveys, but rather what happens when the results indicate the exact opposite, that staff is feeling engaged, that they are inspired, and that they are very satisfied. Should you just check, well, create a positive culture off my do-do list and move on? Maybe not. In some cases, although it may appear as if, as if all is well in the land of Oz, the reality is that your staff members are dissatisfied with the survey and feel the questions didn't allow them a true opportunity to have their voices heard. After all, a bubble sheet doesn't always work with student assessment. So why should we expect such simple metrics to work when what people really want is an opportunity to air their concerns in writing or verbally? So when it comes to culturizing a school or district, the first step is ensuring staff members look forward to coming to work each day. People should beam with pride when asked about their jobs, schools, and school districts. If they love coming to work and morale is positive, they will be in a better place emotionally and mentally to give their best to kids. A positive work environment is the most critical element in ensuring that students feel safe, connected, valued, and primed for success. In addition, when morale is high, staff not only look forward to coming to work each day, but they also look forward to going home each night and can further give their best to their families, and that is just as important. No teacher or leader likes to be criticized or feel unappreciated. 
especially if they feel they devote everything to being and giving their best. However, as teachers and leaders, we must own up to our part in morale issues, as well as our responsibility for improving student and staff morale. One way as a school leader that you can own this morale is to meet with members of your school or district leadership team one-on-one -on -one and ask them to be candid with you about what they and their colleagues believe to be the areas they are impacting staff morale. Of course, in doing so, you will need to ask them for their trust, the kind of trust that believes you won't violate their trust in you by getting defensive or hurt by their comments, even if the comment is about your lack of effectiveness as the leader. If you want to be honest, they'll need to trust that you will respond positively and act to improve the areas they think need attention. Likewise, teachers could meet with students one-on-one -on -one and ask them to share what they believe would improve the climate and culture of the classroom. Yes, you open yourself up to criticism, but gathering feedback from our students has proven to be one of the most effective ways to impact student morale, both in the classroom and at the building level. Although these conversations may lead to some moments of initial discomfort, they need to happen if a positive change of any magnitude is going to occur. Honest discussions open the door for the teachers and administration to develop a high-performing staff that understands that the role of culturizing a school environment is everyone's responsibility. As educators, regardless of our role, we must be willing to describe and communicate in a positive way our own feelings about morale while modeling vulnerability, honesty, and personal responsibility. So here are five ways to help you address classroom building and or district morale issues. One, communication. Now communication is one thing, but effective communication is another thing, right? Most teachers and leaders will tell you that they believe they communicate, but as I noted earlier, not all communication is effective communication. In addition to knowing what's going on in the organization, people need to know what we stand for. Let our students, colleagues, and staff members know what we are passionate about, what we believe in, what we think, and what we believe needs to happen next. Our best people and our students want to do a great job, but they also need to know what we expect from them. Two, trust. Asking for our team's trust is only the first step. Building real trust takes time. It's done when we maintain our team's members' confidence by not taking things personally, by not becoming defensive, and by trying not to offer an explanation or an excuse every time we hear something we don't like. Listen and accept the feedback we ask for when we ask to be trusted. When they are taking the risk to be honest with us, that is the time to listen, not talk. Three, placing blame. We must always take responsibility for our results. It is easy to pass the buck or make excuses for why we didn't achieve the results we wanted. You've heard me talk about this also in a previous episode when I talked about stay off the perimeter. Stay off the perimeter. It's not everybody else, it's us. And by placing blame, we only give others a reason to question our integrity and our leadership in whatever position we hold. It's especially important to avoid placing blame on others if you are a school or district leader. Remember, you don't want your team members worrying about how you will respond when their own performance or actions are the ones being questioned. This is the time to use I or we statements in your explanations or your responses. Four, team builder. One of the core principles of building a successful organization is developing a team atmosphere. 
leaders should not delegate team building responsibility to others. No matter how many team building activities you do or how many facilitators you bring in to help your organization's members gel as a team, the results won't be there unless you model what it means to be part of a team. How you interact, how you respond, and how you acknowledge the work of others daily demonstrates your awareness that you can't do this alone. If you want to improve the team mentality in your school or district, then we must be intentional about establishing meaningful and purposeful relationships with each member of the team. And finally, five, follow through. When someone shares a concern or asks for feedback or whenever we take time to address an individual or building-wide issue that has been brought to our attention, we must be sure to follow up, to communicate a plan, and then act. People don't expect their school leaders to resolve every issue, but they do expect us to listen, to gather information, to seek out the cause of the issue, to communicate what we find, and then work together to resolve the issue. We must demonstrate that we value our team members' opinions and feedback and are willing to follow through with action. If not addressed appropriately, poor morale will threaten the team's ability to work effectively. But when both teachers and leaders, whether they have a leadership title or not, when they take ownership of their part in improving morale, the organization has the chance to shift from average to excellence. And by building communities, building others up, and building a sense of trust, we can create the kind of positive work environment where adults want to work and students want to learn. Remember, the students are always listening, and more importantly, they're always watching us. So ask yourself, what message is the behavior of the adults in your school saying to the students? My friends, it is time to recalibrate. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I hope that you will join me each week as I take you back to the interview chair, because I know this, that when you sat in that interview chair, that, my friends, was the best version of you. Be sure to check out my website at jimmycostas.com backslash the interview chair for links, resources, and show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at costas underscore jimmy. Today's show from the interview chair, subscribe to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast to ensure you never miss an episode.